Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at silverbirthranch.org on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to go to those websites and check out the various programs we have as we serve our King and look forward to helping young people know who God is and make him known to their generation. And today again, I'm talking with Ethan, one of our young staff members. He is, he's in his 20s. I'm in my 60s. And we get to have a conversation about life and actually aren't going to yell at each other or scream at each other and actually enjoy talking to each other. And you can do that, too. I hope you have intergenerational friends. One of the best things you can do, by the way, is maybe go into a retirement home and find an older, if you're a guy, go find an older guy sitting in a rocking chair and just start talking to him. Hmm. You'll make that person's day and you will hear about life. Uh, that's totally foreign to you and it might be a good educational experience yeah they definitely hear some different perspectives and i've always thought it's been fun to like hear some of the old stories even like my grandpa used to tell me and yeah. stuff like that you learn a lesson through it all yeah i think everyone should have a, a grandpa or a grandma in their life that can just talk to them you you treat them in a certain way you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's you expect them to tell you stories. They, you know, they walk to school uphill both ways. You know, the, the whole works, <laughs> right? And, and that doesn't bother you because that's grandma, grandpa talking, <laughs> and um, and yet they they care deeply about you. I know my mom when she was older and she was disabled. She's had she had several strokes, and I saw her one more one day, and and she said, you know, Dave, I I don't know if God will answer my prayers or not because sometimes I ask silly ones. And I just kind of looked at her, you know, she's baiting me. Like, <laughs> okay, well, what are you praying for? Exactly. Right. She said, well, you know, I don't, I can't do anything anymore. So I, I sit here and I pray for you all day long. <laughs> of course, I'm breaking up now. Okay. Yeah. That's not so silly so far. <laughs> but she said, but I'm going to die. So I'm asking God if he would take my prayers and just stack them up, and after I'm gone, just take one off the pile a day. I thought, Mom, it's not silly. Right. I said, I don't know what God's going to do with it, <laughs> but it's not silly. You know, and it's, it's those things that you hear from the mouth of an older person hmm. that begin to put life back into perspective for you. Yeah. I think I, I heard it from someone. It was one of my friends. It was... uh. They were talking about their parents and spending time with them and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, all our lives, our parents, you know, we were kind of forced to be in their life. You know, they needed to drive us places. They needed to, you know, pay for things. Right. They had to take care of us. They're like, but now that we're older, it's like, are we, they're not forced to be a part of our life anymore. So are we choosing to involve them or not? Yeah. And really, I tell you, as an older guy, I absolutely love it when my kids include me in anything you know i mean they don't have to mm -hmm. they have their own lives they're busy i understand they have full-time jobs they're 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 really enjoying who god made them to be and i'm very proud of them but i love it when they take a moment and just include me in their life yeah you know i know they don't have to and i think that's the specialness i think of of being here at camp you've been here at camp and i get to speak to the youngest group every year and and those kids will just come up and grab me and hug me and talk to me. And it's like, you know what? Thanks. You know, it's, right. you, you could have donkeys speak to you and you'll listen to them. But, <laughs> I, you know, to be able to be a part of anything that God's doing. So I encourage those listening. You know, if you're not involved with another generation, 
if you're older, somebody younger. If you're younger, somebody older. Look for that opportunity and don't look for an opportunity to argue. Mm. You know, look for an opportunity to share life with it. If you're younger, don't, you know, I know that somebody older might act like they know more than you do. And the truth is they probably do. But it's experiential, not necessarily brain power. Right. You know, um, <laughs> if they've already lived through wars and they've been in war and they've, you know, they might have experiences that, that are educational for you and helpful for you. So you might want to just let them talk and realize, okay, they, they're a whole different generation than I am. They, what are the, the things that they learned that I can glean from? And, you know, when they say things that are idiosyncrasies or something else, let them go. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, likewise, different cultures. I mean, if you go places where there's different cultures, it's not like you beat on them and say you have to do it this way. Right. No, I, it's just a different way of living. Yeah. I was in Alaska, and I was told that, uh, you know, if they ever offer you a muck tuck, be thankful. And I said, what is that? Oh, that's, that's whale blubber. I said, okay. Um, and I'm thinking, I hope, I hope they don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, in the, 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 the missionary looked at me and said, no, you've got to realize something. Um, to the Alaskan, this is a delicacy, and if they offer it to you, you need to take it and enjoy it. Don't lecture them about, oh, this isn't what I eat. This is, this is what they would do. We're along the Bering Sea, so we're up in you know, some of the remoter parts. Mm -hmm. This is how they would share their life with you. So don't minimize that, please. Because those who have in the past have insulted them because they gave them their best and said, why would you eat that? That's not good for you. You know what it's doing to your cholesterol? You know, whatever it might be. Right. And it's like, please don't do that. <laughs> um, so sometimes interculturally you got to just adapt. Sometimes, um, you know, when I was there, they – Here's a, here's a very interesting, two, two things. The very first day I was on the Bering Sea. First, I went in, and, and the husband of the, lady, the house we were staying at, he was a pastor, had just got in. They, they don't call them snowmobiles. They call them snow machines. And he just got in with a snow machine with a, a, a fresh caribou on the back. Okay, so he brought it in, and, and he threw, they quarter it, and he threw a quarter of it on the kitchen counter. And we hadn't eaten yet. We're going to eat caribou for supper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and his wife took a big saw and was sawing the bones. And I got up to help her, and the missionary just looked at me and shook his head, and, and I didn't know what he was doing. Finally, he said, sit down. I thought, I'm helping. Right. Oh, no, that's an insult. You do not help the, the women cut that. Huh. And I thought, boy, I'm in a different world. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I would help my to, mom. Right. You know, I like, would help my sister. I would, I would help anybody. If you were cutting, I'd help you. Right. Nope, don't do that. And, and so that was one thing. And then at the end of the, the meal, we, it was a great meal. At the end of the meal, they offered us Eskimo ice cream. And I said, oh, sure. So I get this, this bowl, man. It's got this white, extremely white, you know, scoop in it. And, and full of uh, tundra berries. So it's full of blueberries and all kinds of stuff that grow in the tundra, whatever's out there. Mm hmm and I thought, oh, man, this would be great. So I took a spoonful and put it in my mouth. It was warm. And I'm going, what is this? <laughs> and uh, the missionary looked at me. He knew I was in for it. And he said, uh, that's Crisco. That's, that's oil. Crisco. <laughs> I'm thinking, nice. thank you for this ice cream. Yeah, and I, I thought, I'm going to die right after I eat this. Uh, but I didn't say anything. You know what I mean? It's right. 
because there's a few things that you realize. You know, I, people live differently. They have different uh, expectations, different things. Eating Eskimo ice cream isn't wrong for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just not something I'm used to. Right. Um, it, whoever cuts up the caribou doesn't matter. Right. I'm just used to helping. Right, and it, it wasn't like a, like, I don't think you can do it no. type thing. It's just in no, where we're in from, their, it's like, if I see you, yeah. if, if I see that if I was involved, it would be easier for you, right. then I want to help. Right. So I, what, what I guess, I'm, it's a long story because there's stories for everything, but the idea of actually trying to understand other people rather than correct them all the time. Hmm. Yeah, that's you, a problem. You don't need to correct them. Right. You know, if you think they're eating too much salt, do you really need to lecture them on that? <laughs> I, Probably not. No. Now, if it's a family member and you're concerned about, I mean, that's another mm-hmm. story. But I, I would think that in life, we need to start looking at other people who live differently than us and think differently than us in ways that aren't really connected to absolute truth in the Bible. Hmm. Let it go. Right. Um, and we could use modern illustrations like, uh, you know, people can be on the bandwagon about getting vaccinated or not for this COVID stuff. They can hate you if you're either pro or con. Mm-hmm. It's like, can we let that one go? Can, <laughs> you know, can you honestly, if you think you should be vaccinated, go ahead. If you don't think you should, don't. And believe it or not, you know, Ethan, I've gotten hate mail because I've said that. That's crazy. I know. Because, because like, how can you say that? You know, I've even been accused of being on the take for the government for that statement. Really? Yeah. And I'm thinking, what in the world are you talking about? I just said, <laughs> you know, if, if you don't want to take the vaccine, if, if you feel it's wrong, God gave you a conscience, he's working in it, don't take it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge you on that one. One day you'll stand before God, not me. Right. I don't, I don't even know what to tell you on that because I don't know. I, my generation, generationally speaking again, we beat smallpox. We, we beat polio with right. these things. Don't try and tell me that all vaccines are from the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not buying it. Right. Now, is this one one we should take or not? I don't take a stand on that one way or the other. I don't know. Right. So do what you think is right and be prepared for it. And I don't hate somebody or even want to discuss it. Right. Necessarily, because I don't want and And as a speaker, a Bible teacher, I never even let people know what I actually did or didn't do. Because both sides are evil. Right. Yeah, I know. That's it's, his point. It's like even discussing it is like, if you have a difference of opinion to me, then like I automatically have to argue you. It's not, okay, like we just believe it differently. It's, no, you have to believe what I believe. If you don't, then it's like we need to have a discussion about this. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, there are so many things we can get lost in. Um, somebody once was going after me and want me to argue whether the Earth is really flat or not, and I thought, would you leave me alone? <laughs> I, you know, uh, it, I I don't think it is. I've been in an airplane. It looks like you go around something. I, I'm not sure, but I think it's a globe. <laughs> and, and I don't think it's a conspiracy that people think it's round. Yeah. It's... However, I understand there is a whole group of people out there called the Flat Earth, and they try and use the Bible to show there's a Flat Earth, and, and the whole works. And I, just, I just feel like, what would you do with that information then? That's like, what I mean. Is that going to help you reach no. more people? No, exactly. 
<laughs> like, hey, the earth is flat. And then all of a sudden everybody goes, oh, my gosh, praise right. be to God. We're all Christians now. Yeah. Like, it, so I think you you got to sort this out a little bit. And, and, you know, if you came into me and I saw you were really hot and heavy over this flat earth thing, mm. I'd probably just say, oh, that's nice, and go on. I, I realize right. I should not talk to you about this <laughs> because it doesn't matter. Yeah. And and we'll spend time doing it. I think that's one of the things in the information age. I think that's one of the things that your generation will have to deal with for many years to come is the amount of information that's being thrown out there and and whether it's valid or not information. I I mean, how do you know? And people can be very clever in how they portray it. Hmm. So my question to you then is how in the world do you know what's true anymore? Um, well, I would definitely say, you know, Facebook fact checkers. You know, that's what gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, no, it's it's really hard. You know, growing up when the Internet started being a part of core curriculum and stuff like that, it was always, you know, you don't believe everything you see on the Internet and stuff like that. And that is just blown up tenfold now. It's like, you know, you never know if something's true or not. You even like the mind when it comes to big details, like big news and stuff like that, we want to hear what's going on. We don't want it like altered or anything like right. that. It's gotten so bad to the point where it's like even people just posting pictures of their home life, you know, like they'll Photoshop little things in it. And it's like even those small misinformations like somehow playing where life's like, wow, like they take a picture and they're like, that looks so perfect, yep. but it's a lie. You know, yep. like they change the smallest things. And people who are struggling with their own value in life begin to evaluate their lives and feel like losers mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, and it's all built on lies that you're being fed yeah. and people wanting to seem like they're in a better spot than they really are because, you know, Lord forbid that you struggle on this earth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, you will find it refreshing. You, Will, Ethan, and anyone your age and my age will find it refreshing to talk to anyone who's just down to earth and honest about mm -hmm. life. And they, they share it with your warts and all, and this is the way it really is. And that's why it's so fun to be in the Bible. And the last time we were together, I was talking about whether you were greedy or not because, again, I think what we do is we don't have mechanisms in our life apart from the media mm that we would go to and check to see if we're right or not. Because we are capable of lying to ourselves and being deceived, that's, that's Satan's great tool. So we, we can, you know, nobody got up today. For example, I didn't get up today and say, you know what, I am going to intentionally do wrong things today. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get up and do that. It's not usually an attitude no. some people have. <laughs> no, in fact, I got up and I thought, anything I do has good reason for it. Hmm. But what if, what if my attitude is really, what if I'm using what I should love and loving what I should use and I don't even know it? In other words, I'm not to love money. I'm to love people. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you, oh, that's the way it is. Okay. Right. I'm to use money but not use people. Is that really reflection in how I live, though? Right. If you're a business owner, do you actually love the people that work for you or you just use them? Right. Yeah, I think that's – I mean, it goes back to what you told me when I first joined the team here was yeah. you were like, I asked two things of you. You said love God and love people. Right. And, I mean, it's a lot of 
yes, you know, I love God, but when it comes to people, how do you show that in a, an, an employment space or like a working space? How do you show that you love them? Right. Um, I think that that really comes down to just wanting them to succeed as much as maybe you want yourself to, or yeah. what you're doing to, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm not just promoting where I'm working, where I'm trying to put something out. It's I'm promoting the people that work there as well. And I want them to be right. the best that they can be. Yeah. Well, you've, you've grown up in a world though, that, that the lines are so blurred there. We, we use people. We don't even know we're using them. Hmm. We use them for our emotional well-being. Oh, yep. I'm better than them. I'm, you know, right. when we doctor a picture even, I'm not, whatever, we use them for our own, like our, our I don't even know what they're called. I, I'm not on Facebook really. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what you call those people that are on Facebook with uh, you, but. Influencers. Whatever, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but w whatever, it's like, you know, we use people, maybe, we feel more significant because when people feel sorry for us or something, so we start using people and we start having these things where we keep sharing with them our hearts. But right. actually, we're just using them as focus on me. Right, bouncing board. To, yeah, and, and so it, there's so many ways we can use people rather than love them. Here's a habit I'd love you to get in as a young man. Everyone that you see, I encourage you, look them in the eye male, female, don't matter, look him in the eye and ask God just for a brief second, what do I need to do to help this person be the person they should be? You do that, it'll change the world, your world. Hmm. Can you imagine if everyone did that? That'd probably be an ideal world. It would. <laughs> it would. Young ladies wouldn't be abused anymore. Because you'd true. be asking, what do I need to do to help this young lady be all she can be? Rather than how can I use this young lady for my own pleasure? Mm -hmm. And and of course, no one would say it that way. <laughs> but, but that's what they're saying, right? Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I think if if somehow the Christians, the Christ, you know, you don't even need to lecture anybody. You just need to live that way. Hmm. And in living that way, it'll bring up questions because you'll be different. And that's what makes the difference is when you're different. Yeah. Yep. And difference is noted. Yeah. You, you're right in the middle of it. Um, it it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I used to, and you've probably heard this story before because you're in the groups that I've spoken to, but years ago I watched him build a, a yacht. Um, I wanted to learn how. I, I met an engineer, uh, an architect or whatever they are, that design yachts. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, I, I always love finding guys who do things I think, Oh, I never even thought there were yacht designers. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Someone sits there so in then office. I started asking him, what do you do? I mean, how do you do that? And, and finally, he was in the area, and I said, can I come and see? I want to see from your design, from you just dreaming about it till it getting pushed out the door, what you do. Right. He said, sure. So I took my whole family. I thought, <laughs> my, 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 my in-laws and everything. I, I right. said, let's go. I'm going to go see this guy. <laughs> and so we went, and uh, he started out right in his office. He had all these pictures of yachts he's drawn. So that's where it starts. Uh, well, how does it get out the door? Right. There's a lot in between. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> you got to know here. Well, it was just fascinating to me. And one, he said, there's principles. And there's principles. You, you got to build it, first of all, from the inside out. You don't build it from the outside in. Hmm. And, and you take, and we went out, and the first step was they, they built a, 
a frame to put um, fiberglass on it would be the hull of the boat. Mm-hmm. And they would put one layer of fiberglass on it, and then they would go through it with a black light and look for bubbles. And when they saw them, they'd take a Sharpie and they'd circle them. And then grinders would come behind them, grind those out, and refiberglass it. And until there were no bubbles left, they kept doing that on layer one. And then they had, I forget how many layers, doesn't matter. But right. Each layer was the same. I thought, wow, so you built inside, yeah, it says you got to always concentrate on the inside first. And you build it inside out, and you cannot have an air bubble, not one. If you have one air bubble, it will work its way into the hull of that ship, and you will have a leak. Jeez. <laughs> now, you think of the spiritual things there. It's like, okay. And then he, he said things that he didn't know he was being profound, I mm-hmm. don't think. Because the ship, uh, well, just working come, on his boat, yeah, just you know? working on, yeah. <laughs> um, but he said, "Yeah, you don't want, you know, if somebody's got a a boat, or they don't. If I caught a boat, they're mad. If you caught a ship, they're mad. It's a yacht. I, I guess there's something in between <laughs> boats and ships. Sorry, so you know, I, I, I don't know either. <laughs> but whatever I called it, it, you know, he said, "Well, here's the thing: you realize is that these were meant to be in the water, but the water is not supposed to be in them." Hmm. So if you ever see one of these in dry dock, it's up out of the water, it's broken. It's not meant to do that. It's meant to be in the water. Hmm. So we have to make it so it can be in the water, but never have the water in it. You asked, you probably asked them, you were like, did you, you say that on purpose? Yeah, like no, you wanted me to hear that? It's like, <laughs> I thought, yeah. And, and, then, and then I started to think of my life and the boats that we've had here at camp and how irritating they are to go and have to bail them. And yep. it's like, you know what? It ruins it ruins the whole boating experience when you're constantly bailing water out of it. You're not enjoying the boat. It's not doing what it's meant to. And that's what most Christians do with their life. They're constantly bailing because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're in the world, but they're also allowing the world in them. Mm. And so now they're constantly dealing with the world that's in them where why don't you just keep the world out in the first place? Right. However, don't be out of the world. You were made to be. You and me, we were made to be in that world, but not the world in us. And I never really grasped it until that yacht factory, you know, how mm. important that was. Because um, now when I look at somebody and I, you, oh, you're legalistic, you're saying I shouldn't do this. No, I see it as an air bubble. You know, it's just going to let trouble in right. down the road. And then that trouble as it comes in, you're going to have to keep bailing. Instead of being up top on the deck looking at the beauty, you're miserable because you can't. you got to bail it. Because if you don't bail, you die. Hmm. No, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you, except why don't you keep the air bubble from being there in the first place? Right. And then there are times where I think you got to be dry docked. You get taken out and you get work done because you got to fix it. And uh, some believers need to take a break from things and get themselves straightened up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even just thinking about like what you're saying, I mean, I've seen like small problems even like within myself, within like you know fellow believers, if not addressed, eventually make their way to the surface, you know, or, or eventually affect them in a larger way than when they originally thought like, oh, it's it's not that big of a deal, you know. Right. But it gets to you. Yeah. You know, 
it's kind of like we, we're talking about greed, so, you know, I mean, it's just a little thing maybe, but, you know, it, it's probably good to sit and evaluate. Greed really comes in life when you start trusting your stuff, your resources, over God. Hmm. So then you guard those resources because that's where you get your life from. Right. Well, the adjustment there is to adjust to the truth. Your life comes from God. Right. Recognizing Yeah, and that. once you get there, the greed just goes away, believe me. So that that's how that works. Or like uh, I haven't thought, you know, do am I a am I a hypocrite? I would say, Oh no. No, no, no. No really. So everything that you actually know to be true you listen to. Well, I try. <laughs> okay. You try. So that so, implies. <laughs> well, Hypocrites then take things like greed, and they put mm -hmm. rules to it, and they think they're not greedy because they abide by the rules. Mm -hmm. But mm. they never really hit the problem. Right. The problem. So, you know, a, a group, I'm on different boards and help. Anyway, they would ask, how much money is should we have, you know, put away? Uh, and, you know, what does a Christian do that way? I said, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're not very helpful. <laughs> no, but here's what I do know for sure. Anything you trust other than God is evil. You could have a billion dollars in the bank. If you trust it, it's evil. Hmm. You could have one dollar and trust it, and it's evil. The issue isn't the money. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, that's a different issue. It is. And that's hard. I mean, you know, even from... At least growing up now, it's like money's everything. Yeah. You know, it's like people judge you socially off of, you know, oh, how much do you make? Right. Uh, you know, and for a long time, it's like if I don't have money so that not only can I live, like I can actually go out and do things, then it's like I'm struggling. Like life's not good if I don't have money. Right. You know, and that's a really difficult mindset to get out of because – you know, the lower you get on money, obviously, it's like the less you can do, you know, in this world. But that's not what we should be basing our quality of life off of, I guess, right. you know. And even at the beginning of our time together, you were talking about the importance of relationships. And mm. if you don't have money, you can still do that. Oh, yeah. It's I was very lucky growing up. I I had a group of friends where we all recognized we were like, hey, the world's messed up. Can we just sit down and talk sometimes? Yep. And we did. And it was a group of friends I'm still friends with today, probably been friends for 12, 15 years now. And, man, if I didn't have them, yep, I don't know what I would have not gotten through or there if I go. would even be here. And you can do that whether you're rich or poor. I tell you, the government right now, if you look at it, it's hopeless mm. because it's godless. Mm. The answer for our government isn't, to change all the policies or procedures, it's God. Right. And it'll stay hopeless as long as it stays godless. And as long as we understand that, we know how to pray. And we should be praying for our leaders that they come to God. Right. And then in the meantime, we sit with those that know God and have discussions with them and enjoy who God is and be still and know that he's God. You've been listening to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host. Here in the studios at silverbirchranch.org on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. We invite you to go to those websites and check out those various programs we offer. 
and encourage you to enjoy God and each other. Goodbye for now.